10 a.m. on Wednesday morning in Melbourne and 8 o'clock on Tuesday evening in New York City and in Sandusky, Ohio. And this is a yank on the footy for the 11th and 12th of May, 2021. Hi, everyone. Craig Wessel is here from A Yank on the Footy, and I'm glad that you're listening. Got a couple of folks tuned in here this evening, and glad you can join us here. Uh, Before I dig into the episode, ladies and gentlemen, I did want to take a a quick moment, and I wanted to to say um, the USAFL uh, lost one of their own recently. I wanted to Say valet to Kyle Jackson and deepest condolences to Kyle's family and his extended family of the Baton Rouge Tigers Australian Football Club. Uh, He was lost recently and uh, very sad and best wishes and condolences to the Tigers down there in Baton Rouge, Louisiana. And Kyle, you're going to be missed by your club and your friends and family, sir. Okay, folks, before we, uh, we get too far back into the episode here. I did have one little uh, bit of house cleaning I needed to take care of before we dive in. If you listened to last week's episode, uh, you may remember that I, uh, about 15 minutes before the episode started, I managed to do something really, really dumb. And I broke a tooth, uh, the back tooth, uh, the back of the far back tooth on the right side of my mouth on the top just snapped right in half. Didn't hurt. I guess that's what happens when you get old. There's maybe not a whole lot still going on inside those teeth. I joked, uh, well, first of all, I should say they were able to save the tooth. They did a little bit of uh, grinding on it and whatever the heck they did in there, the drilling and that sort of thing, and roughed it up a little bit and were able to put some uh, amalgam and some filling in place. So the tooth is still there. I don't need to have a root canal at the moment. Although they did uh, recommend that in the not-too-distant future, I'm going to have to get several crowns. It sounded like I'm going to have to have uh, so many crowns that they're going to end up putting a Union Jack in my mouth. Uh, Okay, that was bad. Uh, But hey, it's 8 o'clock in the evening, and uh, I'm still drinking coffee at this point in time. So yeah, it's a... uh, it was saved, so that's a good thing. So, folks, I'm glad that you've uh, been able to tune in this evening, whether you're listening live right now or whether you are uh, tuning in after the, the fact. We're going to dig into some of the big issues of the last few days, um, give you my tips for this round coming up around 9, talk about a few of the games from this past weekend. Uh, I do want to invite you, if you haven't been there yet, to check out the website, ayankonthefooty.com. Uh, it's uh, been up now for a couple of months, and I think it's uh, going pretty well. Uh, haven't had as much interaction on it as I would hope, but it's it's a great place for you to uh, to find out more about the podcast, find out a little bit about me, to, to find the episodes that you want to listen to. If you've just discovered it and you want to subscribe to it, you can go there rather than even having to go to Apple Podcasts, that sort of thing. Uh, it lets you go ahead and hop on there. Uh, you can leave voicemails on there. I do have one that uh, came in today that is our uh, weekly voicemail from Tony Davis, which I'm looking forward to. 
Uh, he said he's not going to be superstitious, but as long as the D's keep winning, he's going to keep dropping voicemails on, which means I guess I have to keep doing live episodes every Tuesday night then. Uh, (laughs) But, you know, you can also uh, sign up for the mailing list there. If you want to leave a review for the podcast, which I'd love you to do, let me know what you think of it. I can then share those reviews out on social media and it lets people know what other folks think about the podcast. Because again, you know, having a podcast out there is a, uh, it's a bit of a hectic marketplace because there are a lot of uh, podcasts out there dealing with similar topics. I mean, I, I know just on my phone, looking at the the host that I use, and I, I do I listen to my podcasts through an app called Stitcher. Uh, I think I have probably twenty five different footy podcasts bookmarked or subscribed to on my phone, along with about fifty true crime podcasts. I listen to a lot of true crime as well, so you know. Getting my toe in the door and getting, you know, the name out there, it's a big help. If you like it, go ahead and share it with your friends. Maybe give it a recommendation. If you want to help out the podcast, you can do that through the Buy Me a Coffee page or the uh, Redbubble page. I've got, you know, stickers and shirts and things of that nature there. There's a lot of other weird stuff that Redbubble puts out there. So if you if you are a, a mega fan, and, and I would be shocked if anybody is, uh, you could get a shower curtain for the podcast. Put it up in your bathroom if you wanted to do so. Uh, Tarzan, thanks for uh, coming on. You just signed up for the mailing list. Fantastic. And you left a review on Podchaser. Fantastic. Thank you very much. And I, I don't know email addresses, so I don't necessarily have names on here. So I can't tell who's necessarily who's. If you drop your name down there, I might have an idea of who I'm talking to here other than the, uh, than just the, uh, the handle there. And again, remember if you're on here and you want to get on live, oh, this is Tim. Okay. So if you want to get on here live, you can drop your email address on the message board, and then I can send you a direct link, which you can then hop right on your phone. You'll probably want to have earbuds in so you don't get any kind of feedback. But you can cop, you can pop in and chime in and uh, give your, your views on things. I've done this uh, for the last six or seven weeks now with the live episodes, and I usually have a couple people that pop on and want to share their views about what, what's going on, what their thoughts are about the, the most recent games that type of thing. Remember also, if you want to get in touch with me, you can email at a yank, a yank on the footy at gmail.com. You can find me on Twitter at yank underscore on. I'm on Instagram and Facebook as well as, as well at a yank on the footy. So it's all over the map. It's all over there. I, I haven't done the, the TikTok thing. I haven't done the Insta or the uh, Snapchat or anything of that nature. I, I, first of all, I've not messed with them. I think I would find uh, and encountered too many of my students. For those of you that don't know, I'm a high school teacher. I have been for 27 years. I, there aren't a whole lot of students that are on Twitter anymore, even less on Facebook. So I uh, I think I'm going to probably stay away from Snapchat. And I'm going to stay away from uh, TikTok as well because, well, one, those are like dumb dancing videos. And let's be honest, if, if you saw me dance, you well, you'd say, why don't I have a channel already? Uh, but the uh, the club for this episode, you know, and, and I've been doing this for the last couple of weeks as well. Every time I put on a new episode, I want to give a shout out to a local footy club. And the local footy club for this episode is the, and I'm hoping I can get the pronunciation correctly, the Gawler Central Foot, Football Club Tigers of Gawler, South Australia. They're about 40, 45 kilometers northeast of Adelaide. So I'm going to guess there's a lot of Crows and Port Adelaide supporters up there. Best of luck to the Tigers as they proceed through their fixture this year. You can find them on Instagram. Just look for Gawler Central 
FC, or you can find them at their website, www.gcsc.com.au. I'll put links to both of those in the show notes when this episode does get posted. But uh, best of luck to the Gawler Central Football Club this year. Hope they have a fantastic season. And let's go ahead and dive into some of the things that uh, I wanted to get into this week. I I had a couple stories that I wanted to touch on. Uh, Of course, you know, some of them, the suspensions, that type of thing that are happening. Uh, The the fact that, uh, you know, the Tigers don't have all their players on lockdown, seemingly, uh, (laughs) is... They're, they've had issues again, as we'll get into here for a moment. But you know, I wanted to, I wanted to first off, I wanted to uh, talk about something that I saw in a game last week. Okay, and this this is, and I and I tweeted about this as soon as the game was done, and I I linked back to this episode because it's episode two of my podcast from way back in January of 2020. It was just, of course the second episode that I did, and it was one where I was arguing that I thought that the interaction between fans in footy and uh, the athletes and coaches and that sort of thing was superior to anything that we see here in the United States. Now, maybe a little bit with baseball in terms of signing autographs for kids and that type of thing, but it pretty much goes beyond that. And I've, I've made this statement in many other instances where, you know, you're not likely to, you know, find, you know, LeBron James, showing up at the local mini mart, picking up a gallon of milk because his wife had called and said, Hey, you know, pick up some milk on the way home. Cause I forgot to get some, you're not going to see LeBron there. You're not going to see, you know, Frankie Lindor, or uh, you're not going to see um, Tom Brady at the grocery store, picking up, you know, a steak for, for dinner. It's somebody's doing that for them. So the fact that, you know, that, that 40 players haven't necessarily priced themselves completely out of the marketplace, you're still likely to run into them. But the thing that really jumped out at me last week, and this was at the end of the Carlton and Bulldogs game, which was just, you know, a phenomenal end of that game, unless you're a blue supporter. Um, it was a great comeback. It was uh, what they won by five goals, you know, one by 30 points. They were down 14 at the end of the third quarter and one by 16. So they ended up, uh, they ended up, um, you know, tacking five goals on top of what Carlton had because Carlton kicked one goal three in the fourth quarter there. And it just, you know, and I, I missed the first part of the game and I, and I watched the tail end of it and it just was, it was an onslaught from the, uh, from the Bulldogs. But when it was done, the thing that really jumped out, I mean, of course, you know, you know, Josh Bruce had another bag of goals. He kicked five. So only half as good as he did earlier in the year when he uh, had 10 against the Ruse, you know, Lockie Hunter and, Anthony Scott and Aaron Naughton, who might have the best mullet in uh, in footy. And I, I, I look at Aaron Naughton, and I still see his mullet. He looks like the uh, the villain in any detective show from about 1974 to 1977 with that uh, with that mullet that he happens to have. It just it just is it. It's kind of a cool looking haircut. Again, I if you. Not, I have my head shaved, so I, you know I don't have hair. It's all girl. I have it. It's just all gray. I don't want to look at it anymore. But the thing that really jumped out at me, I was like, God, this really reinforces what I've been thinking about the game. Was it within five minutes of the game being over? You know, the players are shaking hands. The song has been played. The senior coach Luke Beveridge is, is over there, uh, up against the stands, and he's taking selfies with a bunch of teenagers. 
And I watched him probably take a half dozen different pictures with a big smile on his face. Now, this is a guy who's extraordinarily serious during the course of the games. But his team just came back from, you know, 14 points down to win by to win by five goals. He's celebrating the heck out of this thing. And just to see how he's interacting with those young people there. And again, these are young people. And in this game, those young people who are, you know, 12, 13, 14 years old, they're, you know, possibly five, six years away from actually competing in this competition. Because, you know, you get the players into the into the game at such a young age. You've got, you know, guys who are getting their 50th game who are, you know, 21, 22, 23 years old. So it's, uh, to me, that was a great thing to see. And, it, and I just was, I was really impressed with it. And it's one of those things that just has really helped me to fall in love with this game. You know, the, the, uh, the relationship between the fans and the players and the coaches and that sort of thing, they, that they, that there, there seems to be a love affair between the clubs and their members, or even people who are not necessarily members, but are fans of the club. There seems to be a genuine love affair there. And I, and I just, I'm, I'm so impressed by it. And, and it's, it's something I don't think we're ever going to see in the major sports here. Now I, I don't watch soccer, so I don't know if this sort of thing happens in the, uh, the, the MSL, I think it's what it calls the major league soccer. Um, I think that's what it's called here in the States. Uh, <clears throat> I don't know if that happens there. Cause I, I don't go to soccer games and maybe it does happen there possibly. And if, if you're a soccer fan here in the States and you, and you're listening let me know that because I, I would love to be able to give them the, the credit where credit is due if that's the case. But again, you, you don't, you, yeah, you see the Lambo leap with the Packers. You see, you know, occasionally you know, a, fa- a player will hand a ball to a, a fan in the stands after scoring a touchdown, that type of thing. But that sort of relationship pretty much ends once the game is done. Like I said, you know, the, the seeing the people out in the community, that type of thing, and in, being able to engage with them. You know, without the entourage, if you will, is uh, is a great thing. Although there are ugly, an ugly side to that, we've seen that in a couple of instances this week. Okay, uh, the uh, the Scott Lysette suspension. You know, uh, the guy with the uh, the biggest. Um, yeah, and Tim's saying here, if anybody gets too big for their boots, Australian fans will put them in their place. Aussie rule fans are some of the most passionate sports fans in the world, other than perhaps soccer. And again, I think you're probably right. Again, I, you know, I, I've seen, I was an exchange student in Brazil back in the, in the early 1980s. I spent, I spent about six months in Brazil. Uh, I did get to a couple of soccer games in Sao Paulo, knew nothing about the game because so, soccer was pretty much non-existent where I live, there wasn't, you know, there wasn't a soccer team at our school. You know, I never knew anybody that played soccer around here. So I didn't know much about the game. The big thing that I remember about it was fans actually building bonfires in the stands during the course of the game. That was a little scary, but getting back to Scott Lysette, you know, his tackle on Ned McHenry was an ugly tackle. Now, if you hadn't heard, uh, Scott Lysette, who is has now been suspended for four games. And and well, Aaron Naughton's got the best mullet in the game. Scott Lysette has got the best mustache in footy. You know, I think he could have he could be 
a sidekick to Clint Eastwood in any of the westerns that that he appeared in back in the 1960s up up until recently with uh, Pale Rider. Yeah, I think he could he could have been his sidekick on there because he looks like he looks like a cowboy with that handlebar mustache. Looks like a Sam Elliott type. Uh, I think it's Sam Elliott um, that was in the Big Lebowski. Looks at like that type of, a, of of character. Now he seems to be a decent guy, you know. From every every, uh, you know, I've been watching the game for five years, and I've never heard any disparaging words about Scott Lysette. He did. I did do a little digging, and I saw that he got a, a three thousand dollar fine for rough conduct in one game. It was round three back in twenty nineteen. But that's it. I, I didn't see anything else that said, you know, he's been violent or he's taken cheap shots or anything of that nature. So it's 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 this this tackle that he had on, on McHenry was unfortunate. And, you know, looking at you know what happened to McHenry. Yes, certainly concussed. Yeah, there has to be, a, you know, a punitive action for this, you know, and missing missing games. I don't know. Was four too many? Was it too little? Uh, you know, I, I, I'm still trying to figure those kinds of things out. You know, it was a pretty vicious tackle and, you know, I, I, I guess I'd have to go back and listen, you know, where there were there whistles, where they're telling, you know, where they're, the umpire is telling them to stand that type of thing, you know, to, to, you know, to stop the tackle. If that was the case, then I can see why maybe it became that severe, but getting back to what I was saying about the relationship between the fans and the players, this is the other side of the coin, unfortunately. And I'm going to put a link in the show notes for this when this uh, gets uploaded here. You know, I, I, I think it's okay if you go to, again, I've never seen a game in person, but if you, if you, you know, you, 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 you call a player on a, you know, another club, oh, you're awful, miss this kick, that sort of thing, you know, I, I don't see a problem with that. You know, booing someone, that's okay. You know, Toby Green, Toby Green comes to play at your grounds, you're probably going to boo him because he's, he's earned that reputation. Although I'll go on record again, I'd love to have him playing on my team. But that being said, you know, I think, you know, you're in a discussion board on Facebook or in a group on, you know, on a chat room or something like that and on big footy and you're, you know, you're, you're, you're calling a player a flog or a bum because he had a bad game. That's okay. You know, I think you could even, you know, you could even, you know, say he's a horrible player, whatever the case may be. No problem. I have no, I have no problem with that sort of thing. Okay. I, I'm a, I'm a Cleveland Browns fan. I've said that about, you know, players for, now over a half, well, not over a half century because I was a little kid back then, but you get the idea. But but I think the difference is when you've gone from saying, you know, talking with your buddies and your friends, oh, he had a terrible game, he's horrible, we should delist him, get him off our team, trade him to somebody else. That's all fine and dandy. But when you go on the other person's social media platforms and sites and you start, you know, cussing them out and and saying you know hateful things to them telling them to jump off a bridge or kill yourself or things of that nature I, i'm sorry and and i jotted it down here because i wanted to make sure that i got this right you know i'm sorry but if you're going to resort to that type of thing you know if you're if it's a footy player or not even if it's just you know somebody else that you have a disagreement with on social media do me a favor okay save up a few bucks and head to the tattoo parlor and this and i'm usually not this edgy in in my conversation here, but this, this kind of stuff really kind of irks me and, and, and save up, go to the tattoo parlor and have the tattoo artist put a tattoo of a sphincter right in the middle of your forehead. So people can come, can see you from a distance and say, Hey, there's one of those assholes coming. We can see him from here. You know, let, let people know that that's what you are. 
you know, you don't hide behind your keyboard. You know, put one up there so we can see that that's what you are. And I, I, I'm kidding about that, but just, you know, I just be decent to people. You know, you can be upset and, you know, and, and, and say that, you know, that it's unfortunate that something happened and that you think that, uh, you know, that, that people, you know, that you shouldn't have done that sort of thing. But, you know, when you're, when you're calling out people's family members, as I saw in some of these, uh, these messages and, you know, telling somebody to, you know, to, to do harm to themselves, that's, to me, that's over the line. And I know a couple weeks ago, there was an article about how, uh, footy has begun to figure out how to try to put some sort of a filter on some of the accounts of some of the, the players in, in footy to try to filter some of these things out. Now, I don't have a clue how that sort of thing works with regards to the different social media platforms and, and, and how they're able to, to regulate those specific things on their platform for those specific people. Yeah, again, I, I am all for free speech. My students, I, I'm a social studies teacher. My students, one of my classes began, and my other classes will begin it here in another day or two. Um, but, uh, you know, I, uh, I, I, I'm, we're watching a film on free speech and how, you know, in the United States, you know, we have people who are not willing to engage in free speech and hear contrarian views. And if, if they're, if they're hearing, if there are opinions that they don't like, then it's not that they want to engage and debate and discuss with them on anything. They want to shut them down. I don't, I don't want to shut down people who are making these statements. I just want them to think about what they're saying and, and go back and look at it and say, you know what? I was wrong. I, I, maybe I shouldn't have treated somebody that way. You know, maybe I shouldn't have spoken to somebody that way. And, and, and hopefully, you know, it ends up uh, not being something that, that happens again and again and again in the future. But Unfortunately, I think it will because I, you know, there are people who get behind the safety of their keyboard, get behind the safety of their sixth or eighth or tenth beer or whatever they may be consuming or whatever other, you know, intoxicant they may be using, and they just start spouting off. I mean, I'm drinking decaf coffee right now, so I don't think that necessarily counts. Now, I kind of take a look at this here that, uh, Tim put on here. I, have to, I actually use a magnifying glass in this because it's uh, uh yeah. As far as Lai said, any contact that hit is not taken seriously. You know, in today's game, anything that uh, results in concussion is going to get multiple matches. Yeah, as we saw with Patty Dangerfield back at the beginning of the year. You know, where he can't heal. You know, he played one game, was gone for three, came back and played, I think, one or two, and then is going to still be gone for another month or so with his ankle injury. You know, he and Lockie Neal, you know, can uh, can you know sit around and, and shine their brown low medals since they're both, I think, dealing with the same injury. Yeah, you're right. It, and anything that's, that, that is that high contact, which is, which is what made me, you know, wonder, you know, looking at the, uh, the uh, Jeremy uh, Finlayson contact, and I cannot remember who it was that he struck, but you know, that could, that, you know, he got one game for that because, you know, he ultimately, he did hit the player's shoulder first but had he made contact with the head, I mean, that was the ball was no longer in that person's possession. That was not a hey, I'm trying to, I'm trying to, you know, dispossess you from the ball and get a free kick here. That was I'm trying to box your ear and you know and knock you on your butt. Yeah. So I think I think Finlayson was very lucky to to only make contact with his shoulder and only end up getting suspended for a week because that that could have been much more significant. And again, that player did get up very quickly. Uh, I believe he was assessed, went back into the game, finished out the game, no ill effect from it. But, but yeah, Tim, you're right. There's a, uh, 
they are regulating that uh, quite a bit. And, and I wonder, you know, and this is where, you know, you know, some people might say, well, why don't they, uh, why don't they all wear the, the, like the helmet liners? Like we see, uh, oh gosh, the, the player from, I can't think of his name right now from uh, the Bulldogs. And I'm drawing a blank on his name right now, but I'm, let me, oh gosh, I'm, I'm kicking myself for that. Cause I'm, I'm not real happy on not having remembered that. I'm going to get it here in one second. Yeah. Caleb Daniel. Thank you. That's what happens when you get old. You forget names. I mean, I tell my students, you know, I'm going to see you in the hallway next year and I'll have forgotten your name. You know, you know, Caleb Daniel wears that helmet for protection and that's, and that's great. It's worked out for him. And, you know, and I think I've asked that question in an, in an old episode, you know, should that be mandated that every player wear that type of helmet? And, you know, the more I thought about it, I thought maybe it's not such a great idea because then it might make players even more comfortable with wanting to use their head to engage other players. Uh, you know, putting their head down into a situation where they're trying to, uh, you know, gain control of a ball on the ground, that sort of thing. You know, so maybe having the specter of the possibility of a concussion without having that protection there for the rest of the, uh, the players is a good thing. You know, I've I've joked with and have, have said to uh, to friends of mine, you know, that you know, what if the NFL played with uh, no helmets? That would change tack. You know, they they've been trying to get away with the uh, you get away from the you leading with your head and tackles and that sort of thing. But if they went to no no helmets, yeah, you you would might you might see you know more of the you know getting you know hitting with your chest like they want you to be doing and wrapping up the player and putting them down on the ground that way. You know, so that might be a, uh, a possibility. Um, so you said, oh, you know, yeah, Nathan Burke, the, the guy who's the Bulldogs women's coach, if I'm not mistaken, correct? Yeah, he's uh, he played in the helmet, didn't think it, you know, didn't think it was going to end up being an issue. Okay. So may- maybe it is a possibility. Maybe it is a possibility. But, you know, so, you know, the lie set situation is, you know, it's kind of an, an ugly one. Um yeah, let me uh, pop back over here to my list I've got open here on my other screen here. You know, the other thing I wanted to get into was, uh, you know, we were talking about the uh, engaging with fans. You know, the situation that happened uh, a couple of nights ago with Daniel Rioli and, and Shy Bolton. And unfortunately, you know, the Tigers find themselves in a situation where they've got another, you know, couple of players who have gotten themselves into an incident at a nightclub and it sounded like they were out with their, their girlfriends uh, with a couple of other players. And I, and I saw an article and I updated an article. It was from Yahoo sports. And I, I'm going to link to it uh, that, that Mockboard Choi uh, from the Tigers and the Salvador and Quentin Narco were there as well. I had heard other reports that uh, magic doll was there, but then I've not seen anything that's actually confirmed that. So I, I don't want to say that he was there, but something happened where, um, Daniel Rioli's girlfriend had something said to her and uh, I guess they were defending her honor and, and shy Bolt, Shea Bolton ended up breaking his wrist. Extraordinarily unfortunate. You know, and it sounded as though that they were defending someone. So it doesn't, doesn't appear as though there's going to be any kind of uh, punitive action taken against them by the, by the league uh, or possibly by the club, but you know, Bolton's going to miss, uh, you know, you know, probably a month or so due to this wrist injury. And that's a, uh, 
you know that that's going to really hurt no pun intended the uh the tigers because you know the tigers they're even though I have said time and time again, until the vampire hunter drives a wooden stake through the through the tiger's metaphorical chest and kills them off, meaning that you know it's you know it's the end of round twenty three and they're in ninth place on the on the ladder. I, I if if the tigers get in, they got a really good shot at winning the finals because they know how to do it. But they're putting themselves really, really, really behind an eight ball here. You know, they're four and four right now. They're down in the eighth spot on the ladder. They've got, you know, they've got the ninth position club playing them this week. I mean, they've lost three out of five. GWS is coming in having won four out of five. Now, they've got a lot of injuries as well. They And, you know, they're losing Finlayson this week as well, but they've got a ton of injuries in their own right. And I, uh, you know, I'm not going to get to the tips yet, but I I really wonder what's going to happen with the, uh, the Tigers here. You know, they've got... Uh, they're going to find themselves in a, in a bit of a difficult situation here going forward. If they don't have um, a full contingent of players, I mean, they're going to, and maybe this works out well for them where they're going to go ahead and, uh, you know, be able to, to blood some younger players and, uh, and get themselves um, some experience out there on the grounds. while they've got some of these other people out and I'm just pulling up Richmond's uh, schedule here going forward. Uh, they, you know, they had the, the cats this past weekend here. Come on, Chromebook load up here for me. I'm working on, so they've got GWS this week. Well, I mean, they've got a couple tough games in a row here. They've got GWS and then Brisbane. Uh, they've got to go up to the GABA for Brisbane and then they're, they're home for Adelaide. Then they've got Essendon and then the Eagles. Yeah. So they've, they've got a couple of winnable games, but that, you know, showing up there, but they've got, uh, you know, yeah, I'm just going to give you a, a hint here. If I'm not mistaken, I actually tipped GWS this week against them, you know. And then they've got, uh, as I said, they got Brisbane the following week up in in Brisbane. Did you think you were? Did you think there was a possibility of their of of us having the the uh, Tigers being four and six, and out of the eight, you know, more than halfway through the uh, the fixture? Yeah, GWS is improving. I, you're absolutely right. Um, you know, and I think that they're going to be, uh, they're going to be a club to, to be contended with here. And I, um, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm thinking that they're, they've, uh, they've gotten past the loss of Jeremy Cameron pretty quickly. And, you know, they were able to, uh, they were able to go ahead and, and, uh, you know, restock the shelves with the the with the three first round picks that they're they're getting uh from them. Yeah. So you know I I yeah I worry about Richmond, but like I said, I again I still don't think that they're done, even if they lose these next two. You know, four and six that you know they're gonna have to rattle off you know probably eight or nine wins in a row. But do you doubt that if that club gets healthy they can't do that? I mean, that's a team that knows how to win, you know, and, and I, you know, I look at the game last week with the cats. Yeah. The cats doubled them up. They beat them. They beat them by 63 points, you know, 126 to 63. But, you know, I, I, I'll be honest with you. I don't think the game was that far apart. I really don't, you know, I, you look at that the tail end of that game and the tigers, it, it's, it's as though they just, and I think I mentioned this uh, possibly, um, 
Oh, I mentioned, I think, a discussion that I had with uh, Bevan Jones in an episode I released yesterday. To me, the, you know, the Tigers, they, it's kind of like they were out to sea and they were going to hit bad weather. They just kind of, you know, they, they pull their sails in and they were going to ride out the storm and not, uh, not get their sails ripped apart, keep their powder dry, you know, live to fight another day, whatever euphemism you want to use. You know, there was kind of like, yeah, we're defeated right now. We're beaten. We're going to try to stay healthy to come back and uh, and play GWS next week and not have anybody else get banged up or get hurt. So, you know, I think that that's a, uh, that's a club that, yes, they lost by 63. They lost by 10 and a half goals, but I don't think that that game was that wide of a margin. Yeah, as a Cat supporter, it was great watching – you know, Jeremy Cameron and, and Gary Rowan and, and uh, Tom Hawkins combining for 15 goals. You know, it, it gave Cat supporters just maybe a little bit of a glimpse of what could possibly happen here going into the future. You know, in this coming season, you know, you get you get Patty Dangerfield healthy. You, know, you get Brian Myers back out there, you know, and, you know, Brian Myers doesn't necessarily have the speed that Gary Rowan has. But that's a guy that you know that can you know pick up chaos balls off the ground and 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 you know out in front of goal and take kicks at angles that people aren't necessarily expecting. You know, so I, I I'm cautiously optimistic by what I've seen from the Cats the last few weeks. But uh, you know, it's uh, it's a long way to to round twenty three, and it's even it's an even longer way after that. The next handful of games once you get beyond that. So I'm not. I'm not saying that this is a uh, this is a done deal at all, but it's it's if they stay healthy, they've got you know the potential to maybe have a a pretty decent year this year. So yeah, I'm keeping my fingers crossed on that. Um, but yeah, the, I was I was pretty impressed with with what I saw there. Like I said, I, I think the Tigers just kind of said we're going to kind of just coast through the rest of the game here. You go ahead, pad your stats, that sort of thing. We've beaten you six out of the last seven times. Now it's six out of eight. Guess what? We're going to play you later on in the season, right back here on the same grounds again. We'll be healthy or healthier. And guess what? We're going to give you one heck of a ball game. And, and I'm not, I'm not going to be shocked if the, you know, if the Tigers and the Cats play again and it ends up being a, you know, a four point game. I won't be shocked by that at all. You know, I, I'm, uh, I'm kind of excited to to see what happens. But again, you know, I don't want to rush through the season by any stretch of the imagination. Now, you know, the other, you know, one of the other games I wanted to, you know, talk about real quickly, and it might have been the game of the week was the, uh, um, yeah, they just need to do it yet. Uh, uh, Tim said that the cat's best is good enough. They just need to do it when it counts. Yeah, you're right. And it's, you know, they've had so many situations just in the last five years that I've been watching the game where there were, you know, oh, if the ball just bounced this way, or if, you know, Tom Hawkins had just kept his elbows to himself. That type of thing, you know, he he gets to play the next round against the, uh, you know, the Tigers before, you know, the the round before finals, that type of thing. But you know, looking at the D's, and again, I and I'll, I'll say it like I have said it for the last several weeks. I did not in my predictions for this year. I did not have the D's in my top eight. I was wrong. I was really wrong. And I, you know, I'll, I'll I'm admitting that. And I, you know, I'm talking to several D's supporters, and I. Uh, I'm I'm very excited about uh, seeing what happens to them because they're playing some great footy. Now I, I I put a comment out on Twitter the other day that I you know I said that you know that uh, Max Gone had dominated the hitouts 
uh, during the game. And I, and I'd, somebody had mentioned, well, he didn't necessarily dominate because, you know, the, uh, you know, Tom Hickey and uh, Callum Sinclair combined for 29. It was like a, a 43 to 29 margin. So it really wasn't dominating. <clears throat> yeah. So I wanted to clarify that, you know, it's, uh, Max Gawn has, has still been phenomenal this year. He had 43 hitouts this 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 last round. And it's like they've cloned him. It's like they're playing two of him on the ground because you, know, you see him in one place and then 10 seconds later, you know, he's 60, 70 meters down the down the field and getting involved in another uh in another, you know, ball up on another part of the ground. So it's just a uh I'm gonna close my window here real quick because my dog is barking. Okay, sorry about that, but uh, I think my wife just got home from work, and uh, window was open right next to the back door where the dogs are waiting to greet her coming in. So I had to close that up real quickly. Um, but yeah, the yeah the D's had a great game, and I I did have a little uh, message here from um, Tony Davis, who is the uh, the son of uh, D's great uh, Frank Davis. And uh, let me go ahead and pop this on here real quickly, and let's hear what Tony had to say. So. G'day, Craig. Tony Davis calling you from Minnesota. I think I'll make this a weekly tradition uh, until the D's lose. Um, not terribly superstitious, but uh, I'm not going to chance it. Um, so I just wanted to ch chime in. Um, great win by the D's over the sw tough swans. It was a battle back and forth and just kind of stayed out, kept our nose in front. Uh, Tom McDonald um, saved the day. Uh, ben Brown kicked three, your favorite forward. Um, you know, Clayton Oliver, um, my, my tip early in the year for the best and fairest, uh, continued his, his ball-winning form. Um, the, the defense held up beautifully. Um, Stephen May kept Buddy goalless. So all in all, um, just a solid performance uh, against a solid team. And um, we'll we'll buck up again next week against the the Blues. Um, Melbourne's not going to go undefeated, but um, we'll just take it one win, win at a time. It's uh, just a cool run to be in at the minute. Uh, congrats to your your Cats. Uh, they looked spectacular. Um, different team than when Melbourne played them a few weeks ago. So Geelong uh, really really looking solid with uh, Cameron up forward. So um, hope you have a good podcast this week. I'll be listening in. And uh, we'll uh, we'll catch you again next week. Again, uh, go D's. Uh, looking for that nine and zero. All right, thanks Tony for uh, dropping that message. And again, folks, if you uh, are listening to this uh, live or you're listening to it after the fact, you go to my website and down in the bottom right hand corner is a little red microphone button there, and you can leave messages. I think up to I believe like five minutes long. Um, which I can then go ahead and upload right into my uh, the music thread here and go ahead and play them as we as we go along here throughout the, the podcast here. So if you want to do that going forward here, you know, I would love to do that. And uh, it's a uh, I think it's a great feature that that the. Uh, the website offers that I can incorporate then right into my live app here as well. Now, one last little tidbit of news that I wanted to uh, touch on before I. Uh, I get going here, and this is something I'm really, really excited about. Well, I'm going to give you my tips here in just a moment as well. But uh, did just get word that the uh, the USAFL has announced, you know, and this is, you know, for those of you that are in Australia that may not know about this, there are about 50 clubs that play at the amateur level uh, that are playing Australian rules football here in the United States. 
you know, across the country from Hawaii to, uh, I believe to, there's a club in Maine, I believe also all the way on the Northeastern part of the country, you know, and all over the, all over the place. And here in Ohio, we have, I think three teams, um, but they're having the regional championships for the USAFL in early August, I believe August the 7th. And I'm, I am so looking forward to getting an opportunity to go to Cincinnati, which is about four hours south of where I live, to go and finally watch some footy. Because for those of you who are listening uh, that haven't been maybe listening very long, I've never actually seen a game in person before. I've only watched on television. Okay. I didn't have a, uh, a Sharon until very recently. I had a, a friend that lives near uh, Brisbane. Yeah, that that sent me one that's uh has autographs from the the cats on it and uh yeah so i i officially have a ball now so i can actually say i've seen one i've held one in my hands uh, you know i don't want to go kick it around because one i'm i'm an old man and i would look pretty silly doing it and and quite frankly i'm shaped like the ball uh <laughs> but i'm looking forward to actually going to cincinnati and seeing you know some games in person uh, interacting with uh, some of the players from, I believe there are like a half dozen clubs that are going to be there. I think you're going to have clubs from Columbus, Cincinnati, Cleveland, I think Louisville, Kentucky, and I believe possibly Indianapolis and maybe one or two other locations that are going to all be congregating there. So I'm really looking forward to going down and watching some footy and seeing some games get, uh, get played in person and hopefully uh, get some, interviews done there with some of the players firsthand. So I'm going to definitely have to upgrade my uh, portable recording equipment before I can do that. Cause you know, carrying around an eight year old laptop and trying to do interviews off of that just is not going to work. So I'll have to do some upgrades with that then as we go forward here. But I do want to get into my, uh, my tips for this week cause we're, we're rolling into uh, about 40 minutes right now. So I'm going to go through my uh, games for this week coming up here. And the first game this week, we've got uh, at Marvel Stadium. And it's interesting. There's only one game at the MCG this week. So maybe this is the week that they're giving the grass a chance to rest. Because, you know, I think the people who are doing the grounds work there, that work on the grass there, do a phenomenal job to maintain that with as many activities that take place on the grass at the MCG. So we got St. Kilda and Geelong. And, you know, the Cats are coming off, you know, a couple of dynamic wins. A big win against uh, West Coast, which I think, quite frankly, in many cases, West Coast did something very similar to what Rich, what I think Richmond did last week. They kind of just pulled their sails in. Let's get out of here healthy. And let's come back to fight another day. Okay. And even though they've, even though they've got, a, you know, quite a few injuries, I think that, that maybe they're starting to just scratch the surface of what they could possibly look like later on in the season. You know. You you add you know Patty Dangerfield back into this. You add uh, you know you get uh, Jake Cole Jasney back on defense. You get uh, Mark O'Connor back out there. You know, a couple of pretty solid defenders. And again, the defense of the Cats is still figuring itself out because they're you know they they've had a huge hole to fill there with the retirement of Harry Taylor. So they're still figuring out you know what they need to be doing in in the defensive. Uh, 50. They're getting better, of course, but uh, it's something that's taken them a little while to do it. You know, so, you know, the, the, the Saints ruck position has certainly improved uh, in the last couple of weeks with Patty Ryder coming back to the club. You know, they got a pretty solid one-two punch there. And quite frankly, I still think even though Savaradaglia had a, an okay game this past week, his first game of the season, ruck is still, I believe, the biggest issue for the Cats. And again, if you've got a good midfield, you can you can compensate for having, you know, 
you know, questionable ruck play because you can still get a ball that maybe you don't have a, uh, um, that maybe otherwise you wouldn't have been able to get, you know, and having it, you know, some ve- good veteran members in your midfield, somebody like a Joel Selwood can't hurt. Okay. You know, so I don't know if they're going to bring Reese Stanley back in. You know, I don't know if Radical Lee is going to play this week. Who knows? Maybe they bring Darcy Ford in, who's had a, you know, something he's had a decent go in the uh, VFL so far. And maybe they bring in the second, you know, another tall, maybe they bring in Josh Jenkins. Yeah. And I don't think they would need to bring in Josh Jenkins because they don't really need another tall up forward. But, you know, but, you know, he, he had seven in the VFL this past week, but again, it's going to be, it's going to be a tough uh, road to hoe up against, you know, a couple of quality rucks that, uh, that the saints happen to have. So I do have the cats winning this one by 10 points. Uh, but yeah, I think it could be closer than that, but if they, if they, if they, kick the ball the way that they kicked it this past week or even the week before, it could be a significantly larger margin. Okay. But I think it's going to be about 10 points. Now we go to the SCG for the next game, Sydney and Collingwood and the, uh, the Magpies, you know, their uh, their season just keeps getting better and better and better. They lost Jeremy Howe for what looks like the better part of the remaining uh, part of the season. Uh, they've uh, you know, the Swans are back home. You know, they've lost three out of their last four, but they're still, you know, a, a good club. They're still a very good club. And they might be a year ahead of schedule. You know, Isaac Heaney should be back out there with them this week. Um, you know, the Pies, they, like I said, they lost Jeremy Howe. Uh, the Darcy Moore experiment playing up forward seems to be over because they, they need somebody to play defense now. Uh, you know, and I, and quite frankly, I don't think the Pies are going to compete in this game. I've got the Swans winning this one by a couple of goals here. Okay, if Buddy's healthy, maybe Buddy gets uh, three or four goals this week and gets closer to a thousand. You know, because I'd love to see that happen. I think it'd be it'd be great because it's very likely he's going to be the last thousand goal scorer. Very possible that he ends up being the last thousand goal scorer in in footy. Yeah, that's true. They are playing their best players in their best position, but again, they've still got a lot of injuries too. You know, do they? While he's not perfect, do they bite the bullet and uh, bring somebody in who is a difficult matchup for other teams? Do they bring Mason Cox back in forward, knowing that you've still got to figure out how to prevent him from taking a mark? Yeah, I, I'm. I know he hasn't played in a few weeks, but uh, you know we shall see here. That's what. And again, that's I've only got it by a couple goals here. Uh, Hawthorne and North Melbourne. And, you know, this would be a great opportunity for the Roos to get their first win. You know, I, I, I'd almost like to see it happen. You know, that team has, has, has played hard, but they're just, they are just so undermanned right now. If you go look at their injury list, it looks like it's about two thirds of their, of their starting 18 on the injury list. It's, it's amazing the names that are on there that just are not able to get out on the ground right now for some reason or another. And they lost, they lost Jaden Stevenson this past week for the next, uh, I think eight to 10 weeks. So, you know, we'll see what happens with regards to the, uh, the ruse, but I think, you know, the, the Hawks are going to get back, uh, Jager Amira this week. Um, maybe Sean Burgoyne's back this week as well. I know he's close, uh, 
you know, I, I, I don't think that the Roos are going to win this one, though. I think it's going to be competitive. Again, you've got number 17 and number 18 on the ladder. It's, it's one of those games where people say, who cares? But the supporters of those, supporters of those clubs care. You know, the Roos, Roos supporters want to get a win. They want to get a win in Tasmania because they're playing this one at the University of Tasmania Stadium. The Hawks want to get a second win this year. You know, they've lost quite a few in a row here. Um, yeah, Hawthorne has dropped, what is it, uh, four out of their last five. Uh, so, you know, they've, uh, they are, they are struggling and they've been competitive in some games, but, you know, I just don't know if, uh, I don't know if they're going to um, win much more than that. And I, I just don't think the Ruse get it done this week. So I think, you know, yeah, as you said, Clarko, I, I, he is a great coach. And even with underwhelming talent, not the best talent out there, you know, a coach like him should be good for a goal or two, you would think. Okay. Yeah. And, and like you said, yeah, the Roos are going to fight. And in many ways, they're a lot like the Crows were last year. You know, where the Crows, you know, if you, if you watch the Crows games from 2020, they didn't win many of them. But they played their butts off last year. You know, a lot of young kids got a lot of time out on the ground, and it's and yeah, they've they've dropped quite a few games here recently. But it's is it's still a situation where you know it, it got some of those kids kind of fast forwarded into being part of the of the big club. Then we head off to Metricon, uh, Gold Coast, and Brisbane, and you know Gold Coast, they're home again. Uh, they've They've kind of fallen off a cliff here the last couple of weeks. Well, they lost three out of five. They did win two in a row and actually tipped them both of those games, quite frankly. Um, I tipped them over Collingwood, and I think the previous one, yeah, that was against Sydney. I tipped them against Sydney, which a lot of people thought, oh, why did you do that? Of course, then I had tipped uh, Sydney against Richmond the week before that and got that one right as well. But yeah, Gold Coast is, ham- is home. They've lost three out of five. The Lions have won four in a row. And, you know, even though they're without Lockie Neal, the, the defending Brownlow winner, the Lions are starting to get the, you know, the, the engine running here. Okay. Um, yeah. I, I think that, you know, they're getting ready to, tur- to turn on their blinker, they're, they're directional on their car. They're getting ready to pull out into the fast lane and work their way up the ladder here. Now they're already back up to fourth. Okay, they're already back up to fourth. And, you know, who knows? You know, you might see a uh, you've got two and three playing one another this week. I think it's two and three. Uh, yeah, Port Adelaide and uh, the Bulldogs playing one another. So you you might see a little bit of a shift there where the, you know, the gap narrows a little bit with uh, a, uh, a Brisbane win. And I do think Brisbane's going to take this game by 11 points. Um, you know, Gold Coast, you know, like I said, they're at home. I just think that Brisbane is too good of a club right now. Okay. And the next one, uh, Richmond and GWS. And this is this is the one I had the, the toughest time making the call on because GWS has a lot of injuries, and so does Richmond. Okay? So does Richmond. You know, uh, GWS is going to be without Finlayson this week. Um, GWS has won four out of five. This win could get them into the uh, – yeah, yeah, Joe Danaher is having a, uh, you know, is fitting in very well. And uh, you know, I think Essendon supporters are probably not real thrilled about that. Hopefully they're staying off social media, as we talked about before, uh, about it uh, and not giving him a hard time. But it's just good to see him healthy. 
you know, and again, I, I have to reiterate, you know, I'm, I'm somebody who I want to see the cats win when they play, but other than that, I want to watch eight great games. Okay. I, you know, I, I don't necessarily care who wins other than I hope wins happen that are advantageous for the, uh, for the cats, you know, if somebody on the ladder ahead of them loses and it benefits them. Fantastic. But yeah, you know, I want to watch eight great games each weekend and, and the cats win if they possibly can. And I do try to watch as many of them as I can. Some weekends I'm able to actually get through all nine games. Uh, I know that the AFLW season this year, I think I watched about 90% of the games for the season. So maybe it's that seven game cutoff there. So I have a couple more that I have to get caught up on. So yeah, I, I do think the Giants are going to take this one by eight points. I just I think that they're they're on a roll. Yes, they're playing in um in Melbourne, but they're playing this one at Marvel. So you know they got Richmond out of the the friendly confines, if you will, or the uh, you know the, uh, the the home grounds at the MCG, and they're going across town to go play at Marvel Stadium. I think that the uh, the Giants take this one by eight points. And I think uh, I think Toby Green's gonna Toby Green's gonna have five goals, three behinds. Let's go ahead and just put that out there now. And I have no idea if I'm gonna be right on that. Uh, then we got Essendon and Fremantle. Oh, I'm sorry. Let me go to Port Adelaide and the Bulldogs first. Okay. And of course, you know Port's gonna be without Scott Lysette, so they're gonna have to figure out their ruck position. Um, you know, Zach Butters is still gonna be out. Yeah, you know, Charlie Dixon. Had a couple of goals this past week, but Charlie Dixon has not exactly been the the goal kicking threat that he's been in the last few years. He's kind of been marginalized. He's averaging at basically a goal and a half each each game. And uh, you know the Bulldogs they recovered after their their hiccup against the uh, the Tigers. They've got one of the best midfields in the comp, and you know uh, Tim English should be back this week. Which makes you know again a a uh, a difficult matchup for them because I think he's going to be a phenomenal player going forward here, whether he's playing in the ruck or whether he's down you know playing, you know playing inside the forward fifty there, uh, but I've got the uh, the Bulldogs winning this one in Adelaide by nine points. Okay, so I've got Port Adelaide dropping one after having uh, yeah his hands are like concrete. Yes. Uh, <laughs> I joked about that with a Sabaradigalia last week where he dropped a couple of what I thought were to be easy marks. And it, and I I had said that uh, he'd been learning a lot from Tom Hawkins. Uh he'd learned a lot about you know putting the uh the baby oil or the the whatever lubricant it is that Tom Hawkins puts on his arms to make him harder to hold on to. I said, but the one thing Radigalia had not yet figured out is to have somebody actually apply it for him. So he doesn't have the uh, the grease or the baby oil all over his own hands, because he had a he had a couple marks that looked like ones that maybe he should have hung on to, that uh, that he wasn't able to hang on to there. So just was kind of have a little fun with that there. Uh, now Essendon and Fremantle, we've got uh, three games left here. Um, Essendon and Fremantle, Bombers have lost you know three out of their last four by a combined twenty one points. Now two of those losses were by two points and three points. So Essendon has been on the cusp a number of times, okay? They've been on the cusp a, a, a number of times this year. And if I'm not mistaken, I think I wrote it down here. They uh, um, you know, they had a massive 
uh, fourth quarter, uh, you know, GWS hung on against them. You know, they outscored them uh, 30, uh, yeah, 38 to 15 in, in the fourth quarter. And he, uh, yeah, they, they lost by two. Yeah. So they almost came back and, and won that game against uh, GWS last week. They've got Fremantle this week. Fremantle is now in week two of their uh, hub life 2.0. Cause they've not made it back to, uh, to Perth yet. Um, and again, you know, Essendon is, is, uh, they're two and six on the year, but their percentage is like 96.4 or something like that, or 95.6 right around there. So they've got a really decent percentage for a club. That's only won two games. So I think Essendon is going to take this one by seven points. Uh, I'm going to go with the home team here. You know, you know, the Dockers are still on the road. You know, they, they kind of got thrown a little bit of a curveball with having to leave the state. Uh, hopefully they'll get to go home here soon and, and start playing games back at Optus here pretty soon. Now the MCG is going to host the only game of the weekend, uh, Melbourne and Carlton. Um, I have got the D's uh, keeping up with their winning ways. You know, the last three weeks, you know, they've, you know, the, the Blues have put up a ton of points. Okay, but I, I think the D's are are they're kind of on a on a uh, a road to destiny, or to uh, to paraphrase. Uh, Mr. McFly in the Back to the Future movies. Melbourne, you are my density. Uh, <laughs> but uh, yeah, I, I just I think the D's are just are playing phenomenal footy. You know, their their midfield is up there with yeah you know, one of the best in the game right now. I think with uh, with the Bulldogs, and and again, you know, they've got arguably the best ruckman in the game right now. Uh, who is it? Who has been doing everything? He's been all over the ground. Okay, you know, I, I just think that they're a, a really, really decent club right now. And I've got the D's taking this one by 14 points. You know, yeah, you know, the Blues, you know, they, they got nine goals between Harry McKay and Eddie Betts this past week. You know, I love watching Eddie Betts play footy. I love seeing the things that he can do with the ball, you know, from you know all sorts of different angles and just how much fun he has playing the game and how, you know, how infectious his excitement about the game happens to be, but you know, somebody, and, and again, this is one of those things that just boggles my mind. When I say somebody, you know, I'm going to talk about somebody who's over 20 years younger than I am, you know, talking about their advanced age. Uh, you know, you can't expect that from him week in and week out. You know, the, the blues need to figure out a way to get other people on the scoreboard. Yeah. Yeah. Betts did turn back the clock and it's, you know, maybe he keeps it there. Maybe he keeps it there. Maybe he's turned it back. He's taking the battery out. So it stays where it is. But uh, I, I wonder if that's, you know, if that's something that can be maintained. But again, I, I think that the, 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 the D's right now are just too strong. Okay. I think this one's going to go by 14 points. And the last game of the weekend, then you've got uh, West Coast and Adelaide. You know, the Eagles, yeah, they, they got past that ugly game against uh, the Cats. And again, it's what it was a lot of fun as a fan to watch and go, look at that, my team. It's just kicking butt. But then, you know, you think about it, as I'd mentioned before, I, I think it was a case where the Eagles were just saying, okay, we're done here. We're toast. Let's just keep everybody healthy if we possibly can. Let's get out of here. Let's get on a plane. Let's go home. But then I guess I guess you also have to stop and think, you know what, we still have to be competitive because of the percentage. And, I, and that's why I guess one of the great things about this game is that you're still accountable to that percentage. So you can't simply say – 
and maybe I have to rethink this whole thing here. You know, that maybe I'm completely wrong about what I said about Richmond earlier here, but you, you have to, like I said, you have to be accountable for the percentage, realizing that if we if we get blown up by too much, we might end up with the same you know number of points at the end of the season on, on the ladder. But we, you know, we had a game or two where we just got hammered like a two, like a you know, piece of wood at a construction site. And our, our percentage just went down the went down the toilet, and we just we we lost out a spot on finals because we got blown out. You know, yeah, yeah, it, yeah. They they are decimated with injuries, and you know, it's it's sounds like Willie Rioli may not be back for a while. Also, I didn't want to delve into that because that story just kind of came out today. Um, you know, Adelaide started out strong this year. They knocked off the Cats, but they've lost uh, four in a row. You know, they got some injuries as well as every as every club does. Um, I just think the Eagles, even though they have a number of injuries, are still too strong of a club. Okay, I, I do. You know, we've got a lot of players who are kind of on the cusp of being in the game or not being in the game, but I, I just still think that West Coast their their winning ways are too strong. They're playing at Optus. They're going to have a huge. Well, are they going to have crowds back in Perth? I don't know yet, but if they do, they're going to have a huge crowd there, and that seems to be a, a distinct advantage for. Um, either the the uh, the Eagles or the Dockers when they're playing at home, that 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 their crowds tend to help them. So I've got the Eagles winning this one by a couple of goals as well. So those are my tips for this week. Again, please don't take my word as gospel because I don't know what the heck I'm talking about. I'm you know I've I've done okay. I think I'm on a uh, little competition with a, a bunch of other uh, po- uh, footy podcasters on Twitter that we have a a tipping competition. And I think there are 18 of us. And I think after last week I was in fourth place, first couple weeks I was in first place and I dropped off a little bit, but I think I'm in fourth place right now, which is not bad for somebody who's never actually been to any of these stadiums or never watched any of the games in person. So I guess that's not such a bad thing. So ladies and gentlemen, I am going to go ahead and uh, wrap up this episode for this evening. I do appreciate uh, you tuning in. Um, yeah, I'm better than many of the experts, you know, well, we'll, I'd love to talk to those experts. I'm trying to, I'm trying to line up some, uh, some interviews. I've got some great names that have committed to coming on. I just not nailed down, uh, dates for those yet. Uh, I, I, I have some, some people I'm really excited to talk to and I, you know, I don't, uh, I don't necessarily want to say who they are right now. Um, well, I, you know what? I'll let you know about one of them. I have reached out to and uh, gotten the okay from uh, Troy West, Catman, who used to be part of the cheer squad with the Cats. I reached out to him. He's very interested in coming on. He said he wants to come on. We just have not set up a time yet for him to come on because I want to I want to have him have an opportunity to kind of tell his story about what happened because I guess he has completely um, – you know, distance himself from the club. And, uh, you know, I, uh, I, I, I really want to, you know, find out what his, you know, what his thoughts are. I, I saw that he went to a game this past weekend wearing, you know, with some friends who are Hawthorne supporters wearing, uh, a Hawthorne Guernsey. Now I don't think he's given up on being a cat's supporter necessarily. He's just not part of the cheer squad or I guess associated with the club directly anymore from what it sounds like. And I'd love for him to be able to come on and tell his story. And and quite frankly, his story fits in a lot with what we've talked about in this episode with the way that, uh, that, that 
Scott Lysette was treated after this incident happened and the way people treated him on social media and the way they spoke to him, you know, I've seen some of the things that, you know, that, that, that Troy has, has had to deal with on social media. And he, he seems to be just such a, a genuinely nice person that, that loves reaching out, working with uh, the community being, you know, loved being part of the, the cheer squad and engaging with people. And yet, and this is, I'm going to use a term that would sound like something a high school student would use. The haters would continually give him grief on social media. And it just, it, it was horrific to see those kinds of things. You know, I, I don't know about you, but I'm so damn busy living my own life that I don't have time to be critical and criticize and, and try to, you know, come up with uh, solutions for for, some, for how someone else should live their life. I don't have time for that sort of thing. I'm trying to keep my own ducks in a row, and uh, it's just, uh, you know. So I, I'm hoping to get be able to sit down and talk with him here very soon. Uh, you know, I've got uh, a couple of players uh, that I'm uh, that I'm in communication with. A couple of people in the media. Uh, one of the, one of the team presidents, and I don't want to say which one as of right now has said that they would like to come on. Uh, we just haven't firmed up a time for that one yet. Again, I, I'm a school teacher. My, my school year is coming to an end in about, uh, three weeks. So my time for when I'm able to do interviews opens up, I think a little bit more than what I had, uh, um, had seen before. Um, and I, I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm going to have time. Yeah, Cause I, I did an interview this past Friday night. The interview started at 1130 in the evening, my time. And I'd been up at since five o'clock that morning. Uh, and it was a lot of fun. We had a lot of laughs with it. Um, and I just published that one yesterday. So if you haven't listened to that one yet, it's with, uh, Bevan Jones, who does the Legends with Bevo podcast, uh, he's out of Adelaide. Uh, very funny. Uh, he said something to me that I was not expecting to hear, and I, I was I was stunned by some of the answers that I got from him. But a lot of laughs. If you haven't if you haven't heard that one, uh, you'll definitely want to check that one out. So, ladies and gents, you know I do ask that you know uh, if you if you would consider sharing the episode, you know consider leaving a review up on the uh, the podcast uh, website yankonthefooty.com or on apple podcasts or on podchaser if you want to do it there as well uh you can get on the mailing list you can leave uh, a voicemail there as well if you want to help out the podcast of course you can you know take a look at the uh the red bubble page if you want to get yourself a a sticker or something like that from the podcast if you do get some stickers and you you, you put them somewhere do me a favor take a picture of it so i can share it out on my social media with with people um, or you can go to the buy me a coffee page if you want to help out that way. That'd be greatly appreciated. You don't have to do it, of course, but you know, if you do, that'd be fantastic. I absolutely would not mind that at all. So, ladies and gents, I do appreciate you tuning in either live here tonight or um, the uh, the release after this has come out. And I'll be getting this released. It's about ten after ten after nine in the evening here. I should have this out uh, here fairly soon. Um, but I appreciate you tuning in. I appreciate it when you share the episodes with your friends and family. And again, like I said, if you like what you're hearing, let me know, you know, shoot me an email 
at a yank on the fleet at gmail.com. But I would, you know, the reviews would be fantastic. The voicemails would be great because then I can actually share those voicemails out on my social media as well. So if you like what you're, you're, you're hearing on the show, this helps to build listenership up. You know, I'm, uh, I'm, I'm closing in on 16,000 downloads total for the podcast in the 18 months that I've been doing it. Uh, yeah, I've had a couple really, really good months. Uh, but it, you know, it's, yeah, it's, I'm trying to figure out how to gain some traction because again, uh, you know, 60% of those of you who are listening are in Australia. And, you know, if you tell, if you tell a friend about it, you know, that could maybe get up to 65 or 70% and that'd be fantastic. Cause I, I absolutely love talking to people in Australia. Um, in fact, I, I know I've said it before. I talk to more people in Australia than I do that live in my own neighborhood. I really do. I engage with more people that live in Australia than I do that live on my own street. I feel like I know more of them as well. And I'm actually starting to look around on the map to figure out where they are in comparison to other people. Cause someday I'm going to get there and someday I'm going to come around in, uh, start and knock on doors and say, Hey, good to meet you. Of course, I, I don't know how I'm going to get there because I'm going to be intimidated as heck if I have to drive, you know, if I have to drive, of course, I would have to drive on the other side of the road. Uh, my wife and I went on our honeymoon to, to England and Scotland um, back in the early 90s when we got married. And uh, that was just odd being somewhere where um, you know, and she she'd gone to school for a year in, in uh, Sterling in Scotland. So she was accustomed to driving the other side of the road. I wasn't accustomed to sitting in the left side of the car with no steering wheel in front of me. That was just, that was just strange. So folks, I'm going to go ahead and wrap it up from here. Um, again, I appreciate you tuning in. Thanks so very much. I love being able to, to do these live episodes with you. I love being able to talk with you. Uh, tell your friends. Okay. Share a link. Um, and, uh, Ladies and gents, you know, keep in mind if you're here in the United States and you want to know when the games are on, check out the Afana website, afana.com, A-F-A-N-A.com, and click on their uh, schedule tab, which is, I believe, on the left side of the page. Um, enjoy the footy this week. Catch your plan first this week on Friday morning, my time. So it's great to get in my classroom early in the morning and sit down and watch that. And my kids come in and hopefully they're going to see me in a good, good mood. Of course, last week they saw me dancing around my room because, you know, the Richmond game was on. But folks, we love this game. We all love it. We love this, you know, club that we support. We all have our clubs that we support. We, we love them. Yes, we have clubs that we don't like. Okay. Yeah. I, again, I, I know I'm told I'm not supposed to like Hawthorne. I'm supposed to hate Hawthorne. I, I don't have it in my DNA. I, I like watching good footy, but be decent to each other. Be kind to each other. Don't, uh, you know, what, what Scott like said is having to go through right now is ridiculous. The stuff that's on his social media, you know, he should, you know, you, what's the old saying about you catch more flies with, uh, with honey than you do with vinegar. And I, I think that is very, very true in this situation. You know, be decent to people. They'll be decent to you. And ladies and gentlemen, as always, may your dribble kick never hit the post. And until next time, ladies and gentlemen, this is Craig Wessels from a Yank on the Footy in Sandusky, Ohio. And have a great Wednesday afternoon or a fantastic Tuesday evening if you're here in the States. I'll talk to you again very, very soon. Bye-bye.